Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me Bex. Hey, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. What have you been up to recently? Uh, I've, had, I've had a lot more week of retro, actually. <laughs> I think last time we spoke I've been doing lots of retro things. And yes, I've basically yes, been doing a lot more, more of the same. Uh, so off a, I went off on a road trip up to Manchester to Arcade Club and played loads of amazing old school old school arcade machines and oh, nice. machines and things like that yeah um orbital comics in central london at the moment has got a he-man and she-ra original art exhibition on <laughs> awesome which was amazing because you, you could see all of the, the pencil drawings the storyboards the sketches and they had a load of the, the cells from the from the episodes as well so that was a wonderful trip down memory lane and that's really cool. to see how much work goes into all these things how they're yeah. conducted that was quite fun. Uh, I played the Crystal Maze. Oh, yes. How was that? That was amazing. It was just like being in the TV show. <laughs> it was incredible, the amount of work they have put into that. That's on in, in central London. It's uh, They keep extending the dates because it keeps selling out. Well, yeah, I know if they've gone to all the effort of building the thing in the first place, you kind of think they may as well leave it up for as long as they possibly can. Yeah, and it's just, you walk around in there and it is, just exactly like you would expect it to be and you have to go between the different zones and down slides and climb around things and they've got all these different uh, games masters the different characters and take you through and yeah it was it was amazingly good fun my team was disqualified for cheating <laughs> <laughs> not so your we fault won I have... for about three seconds not my fault no <laughs> someone else's fault who I won't name um, who decided it might be a good idea to take his t-shirt off to try and capture all of these foil sort of paper, you know, paper in the dome ah, at the end. Um, right. Slightly forgetting that, of course, T-shirts are, you know, aren't a bag and they have arm holes and head holes. <laughs> and I don't think it really aged us, but we won for about 10 seconds and then we're promptly told we were utterly disqualified. Oh, no. But it was good. Incredibly well well put together experience. That I highly recommend it. So do, do you organise your team to go? Or do you kind of drop into a team when you're there? Uh, you can, I th- I'm pretty sure you can just drop into a team if you're just on your own or there's a couple of you, but right. we've two full teams. Right, okay, cool. That was quite quite fun because we got to kind of compete against each other. And yes. it's so big that you don't see any other teams when you're in there because it's four teams at once in four zones and you all swap at the same time. Right, okay. So that was... That's very that was really, cool. really cool. Yeah, and and they um, they are bringing it back for a one-off TV special for Stand Up for Cancer, and they are actually using 
that location to do it apparently as well yeah it would be madness not to yeah well yeah i mean why go to the expensive charity thing it's especially why would you go to the expense of building something when it's already there so there was a rumor that david tennant would be involved in that which had everybody kind of running around for joy yes yeah um I think a lot of people are now sort of hoping that maybe we'll get a whole series of David Tennant. But yes. Um, might be too busy. Yes. No, and it's, it's not going to be David Tennant. It's Stephen Merchant that's doing it. So, yeah. um, who, who is also very funny and I'm sure he'll be awesome. Yeah. Who, I, I whoever mean, started the David Tennant room was very, very cool. That was, I think it was the sun or the mirror. It was one of the tabloids that had suggested it was going to be David Tennant who would have been great at it, but, and, and for a one-off that would have been fine but yeah Stephen Merchant sort of fits into the kind of slightly odd-looking gangly kind of uh presenter ethic that they had going on previously yeah and being a comedian he's going to be quick-witted and able to do yeah. all of the talking to camera stuff that absolutely adored in the, in the tv series originally yeah I, I think ultimately he's probably going to be the the better pick and it would be wonderful if they do end up doing that you know full time and, and bringing back a new series I think that would be great so you know I would love to see more of that it was good fun I, I can definitely say it was having having experienced it myself <laughs> awesome <laughs> and not getting locked in yes <laughs> yeah. yes that's always a good sign um, so what about TV wise what have you been watching uh, I did a bit of catching up on Blind Spot, which I'm not 100% sure on still. I know that's they're doing another series of that. Yeah. But it's a strange one. I really, really love the concept, and I think the actors are in it are really, really good, but I'm not quite sure where it's going. Yeah, um, it, it's... I actually really enjoy it. it. Stick with it because it sort of dips a bit, I think, in the middle and then picks back up again towards the end. So mm. I think it's suffering from having to adhere to a USA number of episodes kind of schedule. Yes, I think that's fairly true. It could probably, there is a bit of filler in the middle and I think they could do with, um, you know, knocking the number of episodes down a little bit just to, so they're not stretching it out quite as much as they're having to. Mm. There seems to be very much a drive with US TV to be procedural and to be very specific lengths and things because that makes it much easier for them to organize everything but i think a couple of shows are suffering from it i think blind spots possibly one of those that might lose viewers through not necessarily any fault of their own yeah um i mean they have this obsession with making everything into a procedural uh, which is yeah lucifer yeah and i mean or I, lucifer it could have been <laughs> really really good well i have to say i i do quite enjoy lucifer but i didn't i don't know the comics and i guess if uh, so i'm not coming at it thinking oh they've destroyed you know something which i loved so uh you know and i think it's a fun fine you know procedural drama and i think they've done a reasonable job with it but I, I don't know the source material, so if I did... I've I, had to view it as something that is not the, connected to the source material. Yes, yeah. So, uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to watch it at all. Yeah, and I mean, I know they altered it quite dramatically from the source material, it's, so... It's, it's barely recognisable. <laughs> yes. That the, the, uh, the format has changed. The the, the character progression that they, they do to Lucifer is like the opposite pretty much it's yeah it, it's, right, it's okay. so different that i've completely disconnected it from the source material in that case it's just one of those ones that it just seems to be very enjoyable 
and it's good kind of like background telly because everyone's very charismatic. Yes. <laughs> and they kind of draw you in, but it's definitely the charisma drawing you in and not the plot. And I think that's a bit of a shame, but it is, is fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it. It's, it's um, I can't remember the name of the lead actor, but the uh, it's the guy that played Lucifer is is absolutely superb. And, and as you say, very charismatic. He's funny. I, I think it's well written, but it is very toned down in terms of um you know flattened into a procedural from oh, yes. whatever the source material was yeah. yeah which had no procedural whatsoever yeah <laughs> yes so so uh, it was it's something that's hard to adapt all of those all of those works all the game works are very whimsical in some way and they don't have a straight through kind of plot they tend to have sort of arcs and interwoven things yeah. So they are they are quite hard to adapt. Um however in this case I think they just like the title. <laughs> yes, quite possibly. It's sort of a, a nice well the, the title and the basic concept of Lucifer getting bored of hell and leaving. I think uh, you know that's about as far as it probably went. That's certainly yeah. what I felt like and I remember before it came out us kind of reading the comic description and then what they were going to do to it and thinking oh god why are they doing that? But it, I think it actually turned out okay as a tv show not necessarily as an adaptation but you know such is the way of things when it comes to american tv (laughs) other than that i've mostly been kind of looking forward to the next lot of cw stuff they keep having the rumors of the it's going to be apparently a flash supergirl musical crossover at some point yes there is (laughs) and that's that's going to be terrible and brilliant in equal measure (laughs) um it's, it's going to be on kind of like buffy musical episode status i'm guessing that yeah i mean i just whedon has a lot to answer for really uh but uh yeah i mean i i love once more with feeling i think the you know, the, the the buffy episode worked really really well i i just i i, I well i reserve judgment until i see it i mean you've got the reason they've basically done it is because you've got two lead actors that were in glee so <laughs> you know they're musical and they have quite a lot of musical stars around on those shows and I said you know you'll probably end up having to tie Joran Barrowman up in a basement to stop him bursting onto one of those shows despite <laughs> the fact he's not necessarily in either of them right now but yeah I, 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 I think Barrowman they should write a special cameo just so he can have a scene stealing moment well i'm fairly sure he'll pop up it'd be quite funny to have him just kind of pop up in the background trying to get on onto every scene you know he would totally be up for that as well i'm sure he would would love to do i think i think it's going to be yeah terrible and brilliant and i saw it and part of me went really and the other part we went yeah really of course (laughs) this was basically inevitable there was no getting away from this yeah so I am I am quite looking forward to that. There's also it's a four it's a three or four episode crossover as well coming between Flash Arrow, Supergirl, and is it just Flash Arrow, Supergirl, Flash Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends? I can't remember, but yeah, no, but Legends is pretty much just an amalgamation of everything else anyway. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're going very heavy on Legends into the um, Justice Society stuff by the looks of things. So uh, so that should be quite interesting. And they're playing yeah, around. I'm with interested the time to stuff. see all the flashpoint stuff as well. So since we've seen the Kid Flash teaser kind of photos offset and things like yeah. that, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they've used this opportunity to just change whatever the hell they want. Yeah, <laughs> and and how much they end up resetting things and whether they do permanently bring people back or whether they just have them back for a few episodes during Flashpoint. So 
that's going to be intriguing to see where that resolves itself. It's quite exciting to have things being shaken up that much. A lot of TV shows wouldn't dare do something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's very, very true. They wouldn't. Um, it's the only show I can think of that, that really was prepared to shake things up quite that much in recent history would be Fringe, I guess. Which Fringe was quite happy to throw everything out at the end of a season and like totally change tack at the start of another season, you know. This is true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and and I mean that really didn't care. It was written with with the writers, you know, doing completely the opposite to what what is normally happens in US TV. Of you know, we must have something that's easy to follow and be procedural. To we don't care, keep up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite refreshing when shows do that. Yeah. They give, you know, an assumption that the audience is more intelligent and that the audience is there for for fun rather than kind of just wanting to turn their brain off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it draws you in and wants you to pay attention and that's the reason that some of these shows have such a cult following. Yeah. It's because there's nothing else like them. Yeah, and there really hasn't been anything like Fringe at all. Not not to that sort of level of just craziness that they went through with that show. So I'm, um, you know, I don't think there's anything else around it that's ever, that's been like that before or since. So yeah, the only other one I can think of that wasn't afraid to really change tone and change things up would be things like Farscape. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because that guess. started off very standard television sci-fi, and then they were like, right, yeah, let's have the bad guy's personality and the other guy's head, and let's have him wearing a Hawaiian shirt and let's make everyone crazy. <laughs> yeah. And they they weren't afraid to go quite out there and follow through with any ideas they had and just kind of go, yep, this this is fine. Let's yeah. just try this. This work. That's awesome. Let's change the tone of this. It's throwing loads more humour, but also loads more dark things as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed that. It kept you guessing. Yeah, no, it's very true. I mean, there there are some... We're waiting, I think, for another really huge, decent kind of sci-fi show to turn up. That would be really good. There's going to be more Star Trek. Well, that is, that could be it, of course. We could be... They're changing it up by having... It's going to be a lieutenant commander that's the lead rather than the captain as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. We shall come on to a bit more about Star Trek in a, in a bit because there's a story on that. So, But yeah, yeah, I am looking forward to that turning up. So, uh, anything else? No, off the top of my head. There's just a lot of looking forward to things. I keep watching <laughs> videos of latest footage of things like Injustice and things like that. Yes. That yeah. looks amazing i love the fact they have bud and lou for harley in there <laughs> and they're announcing that they are going to do a margot robbie harley quinn and there's rumors that that is actually going to be uh, gotham city sirens and things like that so i've been doing a lot of looking at snippets and looking for information <laughs> of things that don't exist rather than watching things that currently do exist yeah well i mean on on gaming side of things i've been playing there's a couple of games i've been playing i'm still playing deus ex um, and I've still got The Witcher to finish. It's the longest game in the world. But um, I've, I've had to take a step aside because it's EGX in Birmingham next week. And uh, I'm talking to the developers of Total War. So I decided I probably should t play the latest Total War, which I'd kind of been avoiding buying up until now because it's like 40 quid 
and I just feel that's quite a lot to spend on a PC game. <laughs> so, so I was oh, waiting. You already felt a bit betrayed by No Man's Sky. <laughs> so yes, exactly. So, um, I, I, but you know, I know the Total War games are, are really good, and I do really enjoy it. Uh, and this is Total War Warhammer, so or Warhammer Total War. So you can't really go wrong. Exactly. Um, and as somebody that played Warhammer like desktop games, you know, the the with the figures and everything as a child and and into a certain portion of adulthood as well so uh, you know i i've done that sort of battling for for quite a long time so i i was sort of predisposed to liking this anyway so i started playing that over the weekend and i've got an orc campaign running at the moment i start off started off with dwarves but dwarves don't come with any form of mounted stuff and the mounted kind of things are quite useful so i i kind of thought i'll go and try the orcs because it's quite fun having kind of goblins and orcs and stuff so i'm playing through that at the moment so that's been really good fun and the other game is a thing called the turing test which is is kind of very much like portal okay it's very similar in that you're a character you're sort of alone on a it's actually a, a base on europa one of the planets of it's one of the moons of jupiter i think and you're on this base the crew's disappeared you've been sent in to kind of find them and it appears that they're having some the crew had some sort of battle with the computer and to try and sort of block the way they turned the rooms into what they called turing tests which are basically just big room puzzles like portal very very much like portal okay i've been waiting for another game like portal well there has been a huge amount of things coming out like that it seems something that people seem as a risky kind of concept to go with yeah turing test is out on steam um right now it's 15 quid uh i'm not sure whether it's on xbox or playstation yet but uh it is definitely out on steam at the moment and it's good fun it's interesting it certainly gets your brain working a lot of it's to do with kind of locks on the doors and um, you pick up kind of energy balls to put into the locks and some of the energy balls kind of flash on and off. So it's kind of getting the right combination of things. So it is the, the mechanics are quite similar to something like Portal and the setup is very similar to Portal. But it's still a fun and interesting game, so it's worth looking at that. The only other one I was looking at starting was uh, We Happy Few. Right, yeah. Um, which I, is, um, assuming you've seen some trailers for that one. I think so, yes. It's the dystopian future world where everyone takes a drug that makes you group hallucinate that everything's fine. Right, yes. And you're trying to survive in the world, which involves taking enough of the mind-altering drugs that people don't see that you're not one of them. Right, But not okay. so many that you actually become one of them and it's it's exceedingly dark <laughs> yes there's a shot on the trailer which is kind of some people smashing a pinata and then kind of eating the sweets and then as it's happening the, the, the sort of the happy drug wears off and they're actually sort of smashing actual rats and eating them Ooh, right okay and it's yes. that, and as you start to react to that then people can see that you're not on board with them and they yes. think they, you know they will then attack you if they realize you're not one of them because everyone has just decided that this is the way to go it's like everyone takes these drugs it's very it's a really, really interesting concept. Yes, that does sound quite good. I'll have to take a look at that. There's, I yeah, mean, the as visuals a... are pretty unique on it as well. They, everyone kind of has this sort of faux, almost Joker-like smile 
Right. Everyone's wearing a mask, effectively. Yeah. Well, that that sounds quite interesting. There's, as I say, one of the the reason that I'm I'm playing through these games is because I'm at EGX in Birmingham at the NEC, um, which starts on Thursday to Sunday this week, and uh, I'm talking to a, a bunch of different developers. I'll I'll see if those guys are there because there are quite a lot of people there. I know one of the games that's going to be there is um, the new South Park game. The, the um, fractured but whole uh, game, <laughs> which is, I love. Right. I love them. They're so wonderfully childish. Uh, the, the, <laughs> but the first, the first game of, in, in that series, uh, the Stick of Truth, was absolutely brilliant. It was so well put together. It was a, just a wonderful adventure game. You know, the full blown RPG, just but very, very, very well put together and like playing a big kind of long movie version or, you know, an extremely long episode of South Park. Yeah, well, they even know what they're doing and they are geek, they are into all these things. This yeah. is, they're making things that they love for themselves and that's always one of the things that's made South Park so popular is you could see that they were enjoying making whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, that I am definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing. Hopefully I'll get some time on that when I'm there. Um, TV wise, uh, Night Off, which I'm, I'm working my way through, which is on Sky Atlantic and now TV and, uh, on Sky on Demand right now. Have you caught any episodes of that yet? No, not yet. I don't know a huge amount about it. No, it's, it's one of those shows that anybody that sees it says it's absolutely brilliant and they are right, but nobody seems to know a lot about what it is beforehand. It's basically about a college kid that gets invited to a party his ride doesn't turn up so he <clears throat> borrows his father's um, cab and uh he's driving to the party gets lost downtown can't work out how to turn off the cab light the the for hire light on the cab and people start getting into it he manages to get sort of rid of the first lot of people that get in and then a young girl gets in and they start talking and they end up going back to her house where she suffers an uh, unfortunate incident shall we say and he gets arrested and it's basically about what happens from that point on and what happens to the kid and whether he has actually done something to that girl or not it's just brilliantly written, brilliantly put together. I'm about five episodes in at the moment. It's a HBO show, and as I said before, it's a very HBO show in that it's it's very intense but fairly kind of slow moving. Very, very well written and fascinating to watch. So I can't recommend that highly enough. It's absolutely superb. It's an interesting way of using that concept because you'd expect if someone says, "Oh." kid takes the cab and then people start getting in because he can't you'd expect that to end with the line with hilarious consequences yes yeah it sounds like something that would be you know a scrubs equivalent with a you know guy lost in a taxi or something yeah yeah so to take that and actually go down and far more what would really happen kind of route yeah yeah that's that's an interesting idea i'll have to look that one up yeah it's it's well worth watching you can get all the episodes on sky on demand it's going out weekly on sky atlantic and it's on now tv so if you've got access to any of those you can get it from there uh, the strain started up again this week as well, which I've started uh, getting back into. I read some of the comic books. I met the artist uh, oh, cool. at Comics and they were doing a signing and got hold of the first one and got that signed. It's really good. The TV show is really well put together as well. Really good production values from the bits I saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very well put together. Interesting take on the whole vampire idea as well. 
but uh, that's back for its third season so worth picking that up it's on I want to say day no watch I think watch that song um, or W as they like to refer to that channel now for some ridiculous reason uh, <laughs> because branding <laughs> because branding yeah but it's that's it, why sci-fi is spelled so silly now. yes but it's it's the thing that gets me is calling it W is worse even worse branding than calling it watch so <laughs> anyway <laughs> enough of that ranting um, Red Dwarf <laughs> Red Dwarf as well back uh, this week and the first episode is up on demand as well so you can go and watch that right now I did not know that was up on demand ah. I will be watching that as soon as I stop talking to you <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it it's it's very much back to classic Red Dwarf I would say your season 3 kind of silliness um, It was season 3 was the first season with Crichton as full time wasn't it I think so it's 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 back to that sort of feel of show just fun very funny entertaining they end up on a a planet where Rimmer and Crichton are both technically illegal so but because it, it, they there's a banishment on technology but I I just really enjoyed it I it's so fun to have that show back so I I'm, I'm uh, looking forward I've to seeing the rest so of those looking forward to it <laughs> yes, but you can get it on demand right now. If you go to the uh, the, the UK Play website, I think it is, uh, you can get it from that, or it's on the Skybox. What else is new this week? Hooten and the Lady was another show which started this week on Sky One. Essentially, it's Uncharted, the TV series. Okay, uh, interesting. Um, it's uh, an American guy who's a bit shady and basically a grave robber um, or a tomb ra- raider and a English girl who is an archaeologist and they get thrown together with hilarious and action-orientated consequences. Uh, that's that's effectively it but it, it's funny it's well written it's really nicely shot and well put together that's the the new original series on sky one that but it, it's worth looking up interesting entertaining happy kind of background tv watching show i think that so i go and look that one up what else have we seen oh yeah got I, I caught up on zoo as well have you caught any episodes of zoo i have not slightly outside my area mm. Zoo, as I've said numerous times on this show, is the most preposterous TV show I have ever seen in my entire life, but it's quite watchable. The the setup is the animals have all caught this virus which allows them to communicate with each other, so they're ganging up and attacking the human population. So far, this series, we've had a sloth that can cause earthquakes, a lizard that freezes anything it touches, evil horses they introduced last week and they're now on the hunt for a saber-toothed cat which is apparently still alive Uh, (laughs) it's completely ridiculous it's one of those series that i kind of wonder how they got it made how did they pitch this i I have no idea it's based on somebody's novel as well um I, i don't know whether the novel is quite as ridiculous as the tv show but in a time where tv shows are always kind of erring towards the slightly safe and the slightly predictable you kind of Kind of have to wonder that how they pitched this. Did they hide a lot of it and just go? It's going to be fine. It's just a nice thing about a zoo and the animals. It's, it's, it's fine. It's a documentary. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put sign here, sign here. Yeah. Great, great, great. We've got the money. Run. But it's it's got an, it's got renewed for a new season and it keeps on getting renewed as well. It's one of uh, CBS's summer shows, like Under the Dome was. Under the Dome ran that period on CBS as well. And Zoo is just the one that seems to have caught the American popular's 
um, it seems to have caught their imagination. Yeah, and although it's not quite like my kind of area, it does prove that people want more interesting, different, out there TV shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I trying just... to poke that at kind of like, you know, the big um, channels over in America and go, look, look, look. People <laughs> yeah. don't just want everything to be a cop show procedural. <laughs> yeah, and it's very true. And, and it is, as I say, Zoo is, is the most ridiculous concept for a TV show. But as long as you just go with it and just say, fine, that's what it is. It's actually quite funny and entertaining. So, you know. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching that. Uh, there was a trailer that came out for Crazy Head, which is a new show coming on E4 in the autumn. It's basically a kind of English version of Buffy, essentially, is the uh, premise for it. It's about two girls who can see demons and uh, they're sort of protecting the world from the demon threat. But it's very English in the way it's presented. It's very E4 in the way it's presented. I think it's got a lot of potential and looks really funny. So that's going to be one to watch out for. Yeah, I've liked a lot of stuff E4 have been putting together in the last few years. They seem to have been giving some unique ideas a chance. Yeah, yeah. Wasted, I mm. thought was brilliant. I, I thought they did that really, really well. It's nice to see that there's somewhere where those ideas can sort of get out as well. And I think Crazy Head looks really interesting. I thought yeah. Aliens was really good. So. Yeah, I loved, I loved Aliens. It was so funny in, yeah. in that kind of dark, wonderful way that you only get with Channel 4 and things affiliated with Channel 4. Because yeah. we always had Later on 4, and that was amazing. And in some ways, E4 has sort of turned into Later yeah. on 4, but on a more permanent basis. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, very true. So yeah, Crazy Head is another one of that sort of type of show to look out for. And uh, yeah, very genre. So I think that could be quite good. Speaking of Flash, by the way, as we were earlier, just wanted to mention that there is a competition running on the website to win season two of Flash on Blu-ray because it's out now on Blu-ray and DVD if you want to go out and buy it. But uh, we've got a competition running up on the website. So go on the website, go and click the competitions tag. You can see it on there. Um, also this week, it was the Emmys. And I just wanted to cover a couple of things because Geeks did really well at the Emmys last night. Um, yay. Yay. Uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones actually came out with the most awards for any TV show. Got 12 awards in total. Outstanding drama series it won. Won uh, outstanding writing and outstanding directing. Uh, the, apparently there was some people talked to G, uh, George R. R. Martin who was there and he was teasing the potential of there being a prequel to uh, Game of Thrones when the show finishes. I, I, it's I mean, such a vast world. It has so many layers to it that that's, that doesn't really surprise me. There's obviously more story that they can give well yeah what he's basically saying is that you know he has this whole fictional history like written down for the show so all he was really saying was if they wanted to do a prequel there is probably enough material there for them to be able to do it he's not actually saying there is going to be one but you know if they wanted to carry it on it's in it's entirely possible that they could do something with it so you know but yeah 12 awards in total for that people versus oj got nine awards including the actors did incredibly well uh, courtney b van sarah paulson and uh, sterling k brown all won for either lead or supporting lead actor or actress in that show as well extended limited series it won for that uh, hbo did best in terms of networks winning 22 awards in total got a number of things for veep veep got outstanding comedy and uh, julia louise dreyfus won for uh, outstanding lead in the comedy 
FX got 19 awards. Netflix did all right, got nine. Amazon got six. Rami Malik won for Outstanding Lead Actor for Mr. Robot. And Matt Quayle, I think we mentioned last week because it was the creators who went Emmys last week. And Matt Quayle won for the music for Mr. Robot as well, who we've interviewed a number of times on the show. It's a wonderfully put together show, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. I mean, those were the only two awards it actually won this time round. But given that the you won one of the major awards and it was for the lead actor and it's that sort of genre show, I, I think that's incredibly good. You've got um, Tatiana Maslany who won for Orphan Black for Outstanding Lead Actress. There should be Outstanding Lead Actresses, really. For, yeah, <laughs> for they should show. have given her sort of 10 or 12 awards, really. <laughs> yes, for, for each character, which is only a second time nominated because there was a lot of fuss kicked up when she wasn't even nominated three years ago. Then she was nominated last year, didn't win. She's nominated this year and had. Honestly, nobody has worked harder win an Emmy than that girl yeah she she has worked many multiples of times harder just by the, the very nature of the show that she's been in yeah. and I'll be absolutely amazed if she is not picked up by Hollywood for some really big things after this I really hope so because it's a phenomenal performance in Orphan Black really really amazing um, so I'm so happy that she's won that and Best Supporting Actress, who was, was somebody who knocked out the three girls from um, Game of Thrones. Lena Healy and Amelia Clark and uh, Macy Williams were all nominated in Best Supporting Actress, but were knocked out by... Maggie Smith. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, yes, Maggie Smith won for Downton Abbey, which I think is only fair given it was the last season of Downton Abbey. So it was the last opportunity they would have had to give her an Emmy. So I think that's probably why. Yeah, it's good to see so many so many genre shows that are being represented. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that's it's absolutely fantastic. I just, I mean, I... I'm so happy Game of Thrones has won quite as many, but then when you're spending that much money on a show, you kind of hope that it picks up some awards somewhere. It's also a show that's kind of broken out of its own area. It's watched by so many people that if you said to them, here, have a fancy TV show, they would say, I don't watch that kind of thing. It's one of those shows that's utterly broken away from the expected audience and has yeah. become something universally loved. Um, in the same way as things like Guardians of the Galaxy, if you said to a lot of people that went to see it, go watch a sci-fi comic book movie, they yeah. would have just laughed. Yeah. Yet that movie managed to bring in people that were entirely different audiences, and it's very universal. And it, it's interesting to see that these things becoming more mainstream and these big shows are, are getting such big budgets and getting such high recognition when previously they would have been overlooked. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the the fact that both the lead acting awards went to people in what are arguably both genre shows. I mean, you know, Mr. Robot is about a hacker and then you've got Orphan Black, which is, you know, about clones. So, you know, I think both of those are very kind of geek-led shows um and you know for those two guys to win the the leading acting awards over some of the other more established people i think he's fantastic very very good turnout for the emmys this year i think so with that out of the way let's move on to some film and tv news film and tv news this week we kick off as we mentioned earlier uh with star trek brian fuller has announced that the release date for Star Trek Discovery has been pushed back to May 2017. 
The reason for this being, he says, that we aim to dream big and deliver, and that means making sure demands of physical and post-production for a show that takes place entirely in space and the need to meet an air date don't result in compromising quality. Before heading into production, we evaluated these realities with our partners at CBS, and they agreed Star Trek deserves the very best, and those extra few months will help us achieve this vision we can all be proud of. Because it was originally supposed to launch in January, and they've pushed it back to May. I can't say I'm overly surprised about that, given the fact that it's halfway through September and we haven't even had any casting announcements yet. Yeah, there's also a lot of high expectations on this. And bearing in mind that we've had the films have been so big and so widely yeah. known, and this will be the first time they've put anything on the TV since Enterprise, and Enterprise had a very mixed reception. Yeah. Yeah. They have to live up to the hype of the success of the movies and counteract some of the negative opinions of the last TV show. Yeah, it's, very it's much a so. very, very demanding production to be working on. You've also got the problem that it's it's set only 10 years before the original series, so you've got some very interesting problems with um, set design on that show because you're sort of having to dovetail things very closely towards the original series sets. Which yeah, is the, a, the design of all the props and things is going to have to work harmoniously with the original series without looking so dated that new viewers that haven't seen that yeah. aren't put off by it. Plus, there's going to be a lot of issues with canon because anything they write into this one, it's so close to the original series yeah. that if they make any mistakes, people are going to notice. Yes, that is true. It's going to be tricky. I mean... I, the the fact is that I mean Brian Fuller and Alex Kurzman Alex Kurzman was responsible for the 2009 Trek movie Brian Fuller started on uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager so you know he knows his Trek history both of the guys are very very strong kind of Trekkers Trekkies whichever you prefer so I mean I, I would hope that they're not going to trample over ever, anything um, no, they've said quite well, they've kind of hinted in some of the things I've I've seen and read that the main events in this new series are going to be based around things that we didn't see in the original series but were mentioned. Yes, that that's been a lot of people hunting through episodes for interesting things that were mentioned but never shown to try and figure out what the plot's going to be based around. Well, yeah, I mean, he said that and sort of said that the uh, Earth Romulan War wasn't going to be the focus of the story, but then tweeted a picture of Balance of Power, which was a classic episode, which I think introduced the Romulans in the first place, as and tweeted that out saying, this is a touchstone for the series. So Romulans are obviously going to pay, play a major point in the show somewhere. As to exactly what that is, I don't know. No, they've been very cagey with giving out any details. I mean, when they released that little teaser, it was just the ship. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get to see anything. And it's all very exciting, but... I you know, I would have liked to have seen a shot of, say, the the lead of the show yeah. or, or yeah. something. It does make me wonder exactly how much they've got done. Are they just keeping everything they've worked on under wraps because they want to make sure that not too many of the details get out? Or are they actually having some problems behind the scenes at the moment? I, I suspect it's just they've not got very far yet. Um, uh, you know, or they've certainly not got to the casting point. I mean, Brian Fuller's also got American Gods in working on at the moment alex kersman is responsible for hawaii Five O and sleepy hollow which are both coming back for new seasons as well so it may be a case of they've kind of pushed it back a little bit to, to give them a bit of breathing room to be able to do other things as well i don't know 
Yeah, you do get the feeling that this new series is going to be a labour of love, though, and I'm hoping that yeah. that shows through. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that shows through. And as you say, the interesting thing, as you said earlier, is that they've, although the ship has a captain, they've actually the lead character is going to be a female lieutenant commander, which is kind of an interesting twist. I'm kind of looking yeah, it forward is to because that. they've they've made that very clear. Yeah, and I, I think that's a statement of intent that this is going to be a different a different kind of tone of show. They've made it clear that they're going to make sure it works with canon and that it, they're very firmly set in the universe. It's going to be part of the, the prime original timeline. But at the same time, they've kind of thrown this slight curveball saying, but we're going to approach it from a completely different angle. Yeah. So, so I think that makes it very intriguing. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing of going back and setting it in the prime universe, I think is, yeah, I, I think that's an intriguing choice given that it, possibly would have been easier to go back and do something and say oh it's set in the other universe because then you can do what they like i think they want to keep a, a, a clean divide between the large screen and the small screen the same way that, that companies like dc and people are yeah yeah maybe that because i think case. if you do things although marvel has done incredibly well with agents of shield by making things so tied in everything affects everything else yeah you yeah. have to have some you know there must be some entire building somewhere just of a diagram of how everything crosses over <laughs> but people have to go yeah. like can i have this character be in this country on this date oh no because so and so is here and they have you know it, yeah, it's yeah. just it's so incredibly complex and i guess as well because they you know these people have worked on on star trek before they want to work within the world that they were, were part of before yeah yeah that's the world they're familiar with that's what they have their passion and nostalgia for so I, I quite like it. I think it's definitely going to make it slightly harder for them to write. Yeah. But I, I think it is a very clever move. Yeah, no, I am looking forward to seeing what they do with it. I think it's got a very, very good team behind it. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And I'm glad I'd rather they pushed it back a few months and got it right than tried to rush it out for January and it feel you know squashed and they've not had enough time to sort things out. So, you know. If I, I'd be quite happy for them to push it back until September if it needs to be, you know. Yeah, I'd rather have it, it has right. to be good. This isn't something that can yeah. be half finished. It is going to be a lot of expectations on it, and they need to take as much time as they need to take. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on from uh, CBS, who who run Star Trek, we're moving over to the CW, and we have some CW DC casting news. Deachin Luckman, who uh, was in Dollhouse and was paid sky's mother on agents of shield and is currently on the last ship has landed a role as roulette on new season of supergirl um do you know roulette as a villain i know a little bit about her she's someone that just kind of pops up occasionally who doesn't have any powers yeah i mean she's uh on on the show she's well in the comic book sorry she's somebody who's not a metahuman but is a genius with numbers who makes her great at gambling she's a skilled martial artist uh, she has hairpins which double as daggers which is a, a nice little trick she makes her appearance on the tv version of supergirl as the proprietor of an underground alien fight club in national city who's eager to get supergirl into the ring Lachman has appeared on Neighbours. She was Sierra in Dollhouse. She was Sky slash Daisy's mother on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She plays the helicopter pilot Jess on Last Ship. 
She's also just been cast as Rileen Kawahara, I think the name is. Um, she's who is sister to uh, Takashi Kovacs on Netflix's upcoming adaptation of Richard Morgan's Altered Carbon novel, which I'm really looking forward to. That sounds yeah, like it could be a fantastic I'm insanely TV looking show. forward to that. Um, we, we spoke to Richard Morgan, I think, last year about it, and he was being very cagey about what was happening with the um with the sort of movie rights to it because we knew he'd sold the movie rights and about like a month later this announcement came out i was like damn it (laughs) so but yeah so yeah this is a a character roulette i think appeared on smallville as well and there there are many many new new characters coming into uh, supergirl for the next season uh, we've got Frederick Smith coming in as Metallico, Katie McGraw coming in as Lena Luther, Florina Lima playing Maggie Sawyer, and Gomez as Snapper Carr, Linda Carter as the president, and uh, Tyler Hochulin as Superman. Of course, they're adding this season. Uh, did you are you into Supergirl? I I have watched a fair amount of Supergirl, but for me, the Flash Supergirl episode was just the best episode by a massive margin. I felt. Supergirl was just a bit cliched, a bit silly, a bit too kind of smallville for me. Mm. Whereas, you know, that was all well and good when you're teenage. And I felt that the show was just a bit, bit immature and a bit silly. Um, although I did like a lot of the casting and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the flash crossover episode happened and I was just like, that is amazing. That yeah. shows the potential for the show. Yeah. And then of course, when they said CW is going to take it over, I was like, yeah, I can now see that this is going to fall right into my area. It's going to really, really bring up the quality of it, I think, and bring it to something which can be enjoyed by that younger audience that they were clearly aiming at originally. But yeah. Also pull in people, people like me because they'll bring it up to that kind of level that Flash and things are at. Yes, I hope so. I, I think that would probably be the case. As I think I said at the time when that episode came out, it just goes to uh, to prove that adding Grant Gustin to anything makes it better. So <laughs> It really does. <laughs> I try not to attribute the success of things down to any, you know, one person, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because He's... you took you took the cast and no, nothing else changed in Supergirl. That was like that was all they changed and that episode was absolutely amazing yes it was and rewatchable. Great. i've seen it more than once that episode that <laughs> bit when he runs back to prove up with the ice cream and <laughs> the look on her face is just phenomenal i i think that also has the best line of the entire series where she makes the remark about you look like an attractive but unthreatening cast of a cw show which, yes. <laughs> which i think i love amazing. the way they take the mickey out of themselves so much and they do it so often in flash when they're naming people and they're yeah they're commenting on the fact that they're doing comic book type things yes um it's one of the reasons i love cisco so much he is kind of like the voice of the audience in a lot of ways (laughs) yeah yeah and uh i adore it because it means that because it's got that light-heartedness because it's got that sort of looking in the mirror and taking away you know almost taking away that full four occasionally yeah it really allows them to do a lot more things it allows them to get away with more things because you're going along with the fun of it you're going along with the flow of it you're in on the joke yeah i, and think-, I think that gives it legs to really 
be a lasting series that can be just just so enjoyable and pull so many different things in because if they pull in too many characters they'll just make a joke about it yeah if some bad guy's ridiculous they will laugh at them and I, I think in some respects that's one of the things that Arrow's kind of lost in the later seasons you know and I do enjoy Arrow but I think the reason I love Flash more is because of the humour and you know the fact that it, it, it doesn't it, it can have some wonderfully touching moments and be really funny and have some great action uh, it, but it's it, that kind of comedic comedic element that doesn't take itself overly seriously is the thing that's missing from arrow i think and i'm hoping they bring some of that back it they acknowledge how absurd their own situation is in flash whereas in arrow it's all very deadpan very straight played for a lot of it yeah and that worked brilliantly for the first few seasons, but as they expanded and as they brought in other things, they yeah. they just kind of lost it slightly. I've got a lot of hope for the next series when they've kind of stripped it back to like less characters and they're hopefully going to stop it being quite so much about the interpersonal relationships and the drama and bring it back to back to its core a bit. But I think yeah, Flash really managed to get that balance between the serious, big, overarching plot lines, the small little moments, the comedy. The, yeah humanity yeah. and things because life isn't always serious yeah yeah and you know everybody even in the most darkest situations people still laugh occasionally and they seem to have forgotten that slightly in arrow yes yeah so i'm hoping that uh, that resolves itself for the new season all the cw shows are back from the 24th of october they start back here uh, and it kicks off with supergirl which i know is slightly different order to how they're running it in the u.s but sky one swear faithfully they have been talking to the cw about how they and wb about how they order things and it'll all be fine it'll all run correctly and the crossovers will work and all that so you know that they, they are swearing blind that they have it all under control so don't worry <laughs> they basically just set the date where we all lose our social lives yes yes so yeah it starts i've been from out of the house so much more over the last few months <laughs> 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 yes seeing this big glowy thing in the sky uh, <laughs> yeah it, it was weird man it was weird <laughs> <laughs> so the last news story we have this week Fox has ordered a script for the, an imaginary buddy cop drama from McGee and Sheldon Turner the uh, script order is a script commitment plus significant penalty for uh, a new buddy cop drama from X-Men first class co-writer Sheldon Turner and producer director McGee the idea is that it's a buddy cop, cop drama but one of the cops is an imaginary one yeah, so it's, it's kind of like drop dead Fred but with cops then yes essentially the story basically is a mild-mannered police detective struggles with the psychological trauma uh, so he's finding it hard to get the job done to help him move on he invents an imaginary rogue cop partner to help push him through his day on the mean streets of san francisco it was originally known as uh, good cop bad cop but he's currently untitled i'm not sure why they've changed the title for that uh, it's been written by turner and mcgee will be directing assuming it goes to pilot because it's only a script order at the moment uh, not a huge amount to go on right now, but no. I, I think it's something that would definitely be very good for one series. I'd be interested to see how it would extend beyond that. Yeah, it's... I, it's all going to depend on the tone and it's all going to depend on the casting. Yes, I think it probably will do. I, I like it as a kind of interesting idea, but I, yeah, I'm not sure. It's going to be the characters, it's going to be the casting yeah. that pulls you through something like that. It's very much a character piece. Yeah. So I think it, when they announce, you know, if it does get, get through to pilot, when they announce who's going to play those roles, I think that is going to be 
at the point where you can say this is going to be genius or this is going to be hard work yes yeah but again as we were saying earlier it's an interesting idea but it's still a police procedural yeah i'm i'm trying to keep an open mind rather than just swear because it's a, <laughs> it's a procedural <laughs> Ah, and on that note uh, we shall move on to this week's interview when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. This week's interview is with a guy called Max Cutler. You may know the name if you listen to other podcasts, uh, how dare you, um, because he's the creator of a podcast called Remarkable Lives, Tragic Deaths. He's also the creator of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, which are uh, two quite high-ranking podcasts on iTunes right now. Remarkable Lives, Tragic Deaths examine the lives and deaths of prominent and fascinating people who change history and influence pop culture. So uh, they've covered people like Kurt Cobain, Rasputin, Harry Houdini, uh, and of course Alexander Hamilton, which is a huge musical right now. It's a fascinating uh, podcast. It's really nicely put together. They've got a lot of actors that do voices and cover bits of the history um you should go check it out not until you've finished listening to geek town obviously but uh, yeah it's a really interesting podcast so we chat generally about podcasting and we talk a bit about uh, growth of the podcast industry and telling stories using audio and how he puts that whole thing together and how he came to do it in the first place so uh, here's the interview with max we'll see you afterwards with some air dates <laughs> Hey Max. Hey Dave, how's it going? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, it's a, it's uh in the morning over here in uh, California. Um, so just starting our day. I know for you, it's it's ending. But uh, for, yeah. uh, so 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 far so good. No real no real complaints. <laughs> good, good, good. You're on to talk about your sort of podcasts and and various podcasting networks and that sort of thing. Yeah, great. I'm happy to you know talk about whatever you'd like. So we, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to discuss about it. <laughs> um, so uh, you you've got well there, there are two podcasts which uh, one sort of ended and you've you've started this this new one which you're on how many episodes have you done of the new one so actually uh, none of the podcasts have ended um oh okay they're still going uh, the first one that maybe uh, i think you may be referring to is unsolved murders true crime stories yeah, yeah that's the one yeah yeah and that one we launched in june that was our first podcast and it's um so far it's been off to a great start i guess it's it's kind of growing up. It's already been two months, but um, it, it, it time really flies. <laughs> but uh, it's going great. We really love it. Um, 
we're hearing, you know, from our listeners that we think they like it and it's off to a great start. And then uh, we recently just launched our second podcast, Remarkable Life's Tragic Deaths, which is more of a history podcast that uh, it's a weekly show that comes out every Wednesday and it touches on people who really change the world, whether they be politicians, world leaders, uh, pop culture icons. And it's a it's a different show from our normal true crime type of previous show on Unsolved Murders, but we're really excited about it and we think it's another really, really great show. Yeah, you've so they're both kind of. Um, I mean, it's sort of crime and, and death and, and that sort of. So you you've picked some fairly dark subjects to go into. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to be different. I think is the best way to start off. Um, you know, we wanted to do a history show, and yeah. we wanted to honor people that really made a difference, whether you liked them or didn't like them and what they did, but their lives really did matter. Um, and we wanted to have a twist on it. So we said, let's make them die tragically and honor these people. And, and yeah. so that was kind of our <laughs> twist on it. Um, it is morbid, you know, looking back on it, it wasn't intentionally meant to be morbid, but it's funny how that worked out. <laughs> um, and then obviously on Saul murders, true crime stories, is a dark, a dark podcast in it, in that it's dealing with real crime. All the facts are real; they're all true crime. And we tr- we have our hosts, really talented, great hosts, in uh, Wendy and Carter that try to solve the cases. And we bring these, we really bring these cases to life, actually, and dramatize them. It's almost like an audio movie with our voice acting team here and our sc- and our writers. Who it's just a really great overall production i think and um i believe that's why unsolved murders kind of really had such early success and continues to have success because it is very different in that you know we have a whole entire it's not two hosts just talking about the case and trying to solve we bring it to life and i think people are really appreciating that yeah i mean that that i think is the most interesting thing because i mean true crime has turned into quite a big thing uh, particularly recently um so yeah it's huge it's, it's it's very almost saturated now it's it's there's hundreds of great crew, uh, true crime shows you've got obviously the things like serial which is an, an amazing podcast but is is more about the investigative reporting of a a current crime whereas uh you know with with yours you're looking far more at um historical crimes and and reenacting those so you know it's a very different thing to quite a lot of the stuff that's currently out there yeah 100 percent. you know when we started this and that, that was by design um yeah. we knew there is tons of i don't want to say serial mimicker you know copiers out there but pretty much all the true crime shows follow that that format yeah and they still kind of do and we're like you know how can we make this different um and we came up with this idea and when we have been focusing on all cases really up to 1970 right now um all over the world too. We have great new cases coming out and, uh, we actually have a Jack, the stripper coming out in, um, <laughs> in, uh, in early October, which we're excited about. So, um, it's just really different. You know, I thought that if we could entertain, you know, I think that's the big thing is these are real cases. So it's kind of hard to say entertain them, but, um, yeah, yeah, I know we what really, you mean. <laughs> we want to bring them to life and we want people to, use the power of imagination. And I think that's the biggest thing we have going for us, you know, unlike a TV show or a movie where, um, you know, visually it's all there for you. It's like a great book. You know, you, you're, you can kind of picture these, if we do a good job, you're picturing these different scenes we're taking you through the crime scene and the imagination is such, such a powerful thing. And I think people are really just appreciating it. And we're honestly overwhelmed and humbled by the, the support we've gotten so far. So it's been really great. Yeah. It was your, your first season, um, of, of true crime so was it the first episode of true crime stories got like something like a million downloads or so um we so far have uh not a not a single episode um, right okay 
our uh, first, yeah, uh, yeah we, we hit that. We're now actually over, in total, I believe we're over 1, 1.8 million listens, I believe now. Nice. Um, and under just over two months, uh, two months last week. So yeah, we're very, uh, very excited and, and it's continued to grow, which is great. I believe, I believe, you know, I t- it's hard to really go off on iTunes ranking, but I know at least as of last night, we're in the top 10 on iTunes on the top podcast chart, which is great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we are still there, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, it's really humbling. I don't know how else to say it, but you know, it's really, we've always appreciated the fans who always put listeners first, but this makes you appreciate it even more. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why go down the podcasting route over, over something else? Was it just convenience and ease or, or was there a specific reason you wanted to do podcasting? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there is, there's two main reasons. One is, um, I grew up in actually a radio household. My, my dad, who is my partner on this as well, was in radio his whole entire life essentially. Right. And so I grew up, you know, with audio all the time and radio and I just always loved it. I always had it just a huge impact on my life growing up. And in November of 2015, you know, I was exiting a previous venture and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to really do. And I, and I've always wanted to get into podcasting. I've been a huge podcast fan for many years. And I thought that it finally reached a point where it could be a viable business. And I saw, in my opinion, while I love podcasting, I thought there was some holes to be filled. Um, what, you know, the great thing about podcasting is anybody could do it. Yeah. It costs, you know, it, the barrier to entry is, is very minimal, which is great because it, it, it um, helps us get more creative shows and different types of formats out there, which is great. But at the same time, what you have is a lot of shows that aren't necessarily highly produced or the sound quality isn't, isn't the best. And I thought that we can really help the podcasting industry as a whole kind of you know, bring it to a new level. And right now we're at the stage of still building credibility with ourselves and our company. Yeah. With the shows we're doing, but we hope over the long term we can really, um, help the podcast industry grow. I think that the shows we've started off are different. You know, they're not the, uh, normal talk show or storytelling, no, uh, no, no. which is probably about 90% of podcasts realistically. And, um, I, I'm in, I'm in one of the, I'm a big believer in that in order for the podcast space to grow, we need to kind of be in it together, um, all the podcasts and we shouldn't be alienating other podcasts. Um, and so I think that when one podcast, when there's a new show that comes up, a new podcast, that's great. I'm the happiest person in the world. Cause I know it's bringing new listeners to the podcast space and that can make them maybe find on murders or other great shows. Right. So yeah. like when serial happened, that was huge for us. Yeah. Um, it just brought so many just awareness to podcasts and people, you know, still a lot of people, most people actually don't know what a podcast is. Um, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it amazes me because I, I just think it's such a, and this is some, you know, I think it's just such a better experience than radio. Um, you know, it's on demand radio and, and, well, yeah, and, yeah. and so I think we have a superior product and I think the more people that learn about podcasting, the better off it'll be for, for us, you know, and, and so we're really excited about the future. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing I love about it is the fact that, that, you know, like you say, it's on demand radio and you can entirely tailor the, your radio station, as it were, to, entirely to, to what you like and what you want to listen to. So, you know, it's amazing. I mean, it really is yeah. amazing in the future, especially with technology and cars is uh, especially here in the U S you know, cause we're mostly as well, Los Angeles. Anyways, it's you travel by your, by your car over here. And, yeah. um, when the technology really reaches in within five years, I believe a hundred percent of cars will have, you know, the podcasts in their car uh, capabilities. And that'll be 
I really think huge for us. And I'm just excited. I think we're into such a great opportunity right now in the whole, any podcast. It doesn't matter. The great thing about the podcast is you, as you said, Dave, is it doesn't matter how much money you have. You can start one right now. And, yeah, yeah. and if you're doing something different and if you have a great voice or a great niche, whatever it is, you could be heard. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I got into podcasting ooh, 2009. I think I did the first one um because i got offered an interview with george takei <laughs> okay <laughs> so that was random george takei is entirely responsible for my podcasting career <laughs> <laughs> that's great so um and, and that was that was the sole reason i did it was was they offered me an interview with him and i was like well okay i need to put this out somehow and then i had to figure out how to do it but you know and that that was recorded with a cheap little computer mic and you know we just plugged straight back into the computer and you know that that was it it wasn't anything complicated you know and look at you now right and that's that's my point you know it's it's amazing what really could happen if you you know it's funny how things work out that's all yeah yeah so it's um you mentioned earlier you uh, have this production company which is set up with your dad how how is it working with family is that does that cause extra problems or is that made life easier it's actually made life easier you know it's it's really funny we get i get that question all the time and i consider myself so lucky to honestly be able to work with my dad because he um he's an expert in many ways you know radio in radio he was successful and he's done this his whole entire life and he has that that experience that um i don't have yet yeah Uh, and for me to be you know i we both run this together and to have someone to run ideas off of, I think is just, is just really helpful. And, um, you know, he's, he's the rock to go to, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're a startup. So we have a lot of peaks and valleys here. And if, um, you know, I need advice or likewise, if he needs advice, you know, we have a great communication going. And for me, it's always been a dream to work with my dad. Um, we have a very close relationship and hopefully we still have a close relationship after this company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that Um, may change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but we're, we're doing great. We have our roles within the company and we know them. And, um, I think that's the most important thing and why there hasn't been any, uh, issues at all. But most importantly for me, like I said, I'm just honored to be able to work with him and it's great. So you've got the two podcasts running at the moment. Um, I was just listening to the Mahatma Gandhi thing on, on Tragic Desk, which was great. Um, Thank wh- you. What else have you got coming up? And have you got other shows in development as well? Yeah, we do. We have, so we actually have we have 19 different shows in development. Different <laughs> in development. So it's uh, it's I mean, if it was up to us, we could put out a show, you know, great. It's just you know, financially, it's obviously costly. The shows we have coming. Yeah. Um, but we're very excited about these shows. We actually haven't decided on the next show that is going to come out yet. We're still kind of going through that creative process because we like about five, five or six shows and we can't decide which one we want to put out next. What um, <laughs> is, is kind of the issue we're having. We, we originally were going to launch our third show in September coming up. Uh, we decided to push it back until probably October and November because we really want to focus on growing remarkable lives and unsolved murders. And we're also working on some really great opportunities coming up in the future that I think the podcast community will really enjoy. Are you sticking with your kind of um, darker subjects theme or are they going to be entirely different things? Entirely different. Okay. Um, 
we started off with this cause you know, it's kind of a, it's a niche, um, yeah. and able to grow it there. And we felt we were confident in our marketing efforts. Um, but you know, coming out in the future is completely different from science shows to news shows to comedy shows. So there you go. <laughs> the exact spectrum. <laughs> um, we're very excited about it and also descriptive fiction. Uh, you know, I think that there's okay, a, yeah. there's a kind of a, we're able to do that. And I don't think a lot of other companies in the podcast space probably are just because of the costs. And so it's one of those things again, where, um, for us, you know, if we have a barrier to entry a little bit more, we're going to do it. And, uh, we're very excited about all these shows and, you know, our biggest issue, as I mentioned too, is not coming up with the show ideas because we have so many of them. It's that all of our shows, the production value, it's costly for us. Um, we take this very seriously. And so for us to be able to, you know, we want to create a product that we're proud of. Otherwise we're not going to put it out to our listeners. Our listeners come first. And if we feel that either because of money or time that we don't, we can't put out a superior product, we're not going to do it. And so that's why we actually had to scale back a little bit with our growth and really focus on these two shows and uh, bring out a third show in the coming months. And we're very excited about that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got friends that I've got some friends that work in, out in LA, I've, you know, and friends that are actors and, and that sort of stuff. And I do say to them that if you want to, you know, do something and get some of your work out there, if you're having problems, you know, getting roles, podcasting is a great way to do it because, you know, those, those sort of audio drama things, you can do them very cheaply. I mean, I know there is a production quality issue as well, but you can put something together on a relatively cheap budget on a very simple setup and, you know, get your work and your voice out there. A hundred percent. You couldn't be more correct. I mean, it's great. We, we work with voice actors every day now. Um, and if you have friends, send them our way, Dave, we're always looking for more. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So I couldn't agree more with you. I think it's a great way for up and coming actors, act, actresses, writers, even honestly, um, to get their name out there. It, it, it can be done cheaply. And most importantly, you build a portfolio. And I think yeah. that's really important, um, that many, uh, actors and actresses want to build, but you know, they think they can't afford to. And that's really not the case, uh, especially if you are friends with a lot of actors and actresses and you are potentially a writer yourself, you can do it really cheaply if you're, you know, if you're the one man crew or one woman crew. So that, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's such a great platform. And as you say, the barrier entry is so low. It's a, it's a really good area to get into. I think if you, if you want to kind of get out there and, and, uh, you know, start a career in either broadcasting or acting or that sort of stuff, it's a great way of doing it. It's a, it's, I don't think there's a better way to do it. Um, I will say though, because the barrier is, is so low, there's a lot of competition. So you have to make sure you do your homework in terms. I think that there's a big misconception is, Oh, you got lucky when you did it. I, there's a lot of effort and I'm sure Dave, you know, this that goes, into making a successful podcast and yeah. the business side of it. And, um, I would say for people that want to start a podcast, by all means do it, but just make sure you do your homework a little bit. So you have the best chance of succeeding and people are hearing, you know, hearing your voice or hearing your show or whatever it is that you, that are doing. Yeah. Yeah, that is, is true. It does take quite a bit of work to get people listening and actually get them coming back and staying and <laughs> all that sort of stuff is is not easy. So yeah, it's definitely not easy. It's a it's a it's a challenge that we're working that we're learning every day. I don't know if there's a perfect <laughs> formula, but we're trying. So. <laughs> um, a couple more general questions. What what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Best piece of advice I've ever been given. Now that's a great question. I've been given a lot of great advice. Um, you know, I think it's not necessarily the most standard, but, um, I was, I was actually out to 
I was out to dinner with a, a friend and his dad and his dad said something to me that kind of still resonates that, you know, you got to keep knocking at the door and then eventually someone will answer. And I know that's not exactly the most, yeah. <laughs> like, the most typical line that someone would say, but it really is true. And it inspires me a lot. Um, especially in what the podcast world, when you don't have a name for yourself, you have to keep trying and you have to keep knocking on a door, keep sending yeah. that email, keep not to the point where you're knowing somebody, but you have to keep trying and you have to make your own way for yourself. And eventually someone will answer, especially if you're doing something that is different and unique. Um, and I think that's kind of how I've started to really live, live my life is that, um, if you keep, you know, keep pushing and keep doing what you're doing, um, and you believe in it, number one, and you, and you're getting the feedback and you're open to people's opinions and you know, it's good. Someone's going to, someone's going to answer the door. Someone's <laughs> going to come to you, you know? And so, yeah. um, it's, it's a, it's different advice, but it's really, really true right now in my life. So that's, that's, yeah. And what would you say is the most interesting experience you've had whilst you've been doing this? Definitely the, uh, getting feedback from our listeners. Um, we have overwhelming, such great positive, you know, comments. Um, uh, but also we live in a day and age where with social media and email, it's easy to say, you know, to, uh, to write negative comments. And I think yeah. for us, it's just been such an opening experience. Um, just how nice people are actually, I think there's a huge misconception out there in this internet day and age where people are just getting bashed left and right. And that happens. Don't get me wrong, obviously, but, uh, overwhelming people are just so generally really kind and yeah. for us, that's great. And, you know, we obviously have had negative comments. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say that, but, <laughs> um, but even those, you know, it's, it's a great conversation for us because we take them all to heart and we try to learn from them. And, um, I think it's great that it, we're in a time where we could actually interact with our listeners so easily, which just wasn't possible 20, you know, 20 years ago. And it's, just, it's really great. Yeah. I mean, there's, that is the thing now with stuff that you create is there's, um, immediate feedback with anything that you do. Oh so, yeah. So, you know. We're already getting feedback about the Gandhi episode this morning. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's great. It's, it's, but it's, that's, what's fun about it. Um, honestly, I love the conversations we have good or bad. It's a conversation at the end of the day and yeah. everyone has a right to their opinion. And I think in this point, it's great that we have the Twitter, you know, Twitters of the world, Facebooks of the world, email to be able to say, you know, I liked your episode or I hated your episode and this is why it sucked. And that's fine. It's like, okay, let's take it to heart and let's see how we can make it better. Um, it's just fun it, for us. It's been the most interesting experience because I, I wasn't expecting that, I guess, which I should have been, I don't know what I was thinking. So there you go. There's a learning experience, but, um, it was just, it's, it's cool. Cause it means people are listening to us. And, um, and at the end of the day, as a, as a creator, that's all you really want is to be heard. And so it's really just, it's great. Yeah, I mean, you get that with um, the social media stuff, particularly Twitter is fantastic for that sort of thing because you, you get actors and directors of, of shows and create, you know, people that are creating content, particularly with things that go out on scheduled TV, which is what we deal with quite a lot on the site. You, you'll get them actually um, tweeting along with their own show, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's because, amazing. Because people are sending them feedback whilst they're doing it, you know? It's, it's great. I think Twitter, the Twitter communities are just really powerful and it's it's really great. Um, yeah. and I love how directors, as you mentioned, I love how they're getting involved. I think it's, I just think overall we're just living in a really a great time and it's, it's just exciting. The future is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Couple of final questions. Cause as I say, we deal a lot with TV on the site. So, uh, one thing we always ask is what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, <laughs> I love, uh, I've been really a huge fan of Netflix recently, so I'm yeah. obsessed with house of cards currently. 
Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones, which I know is HBO. Um, <laughs> and those are the two shows really that I'm just completely have my attention right now. I've honestly, the last two months, I haven't had time to watch TV. I was talking to my friend about this and it's been kind of brutal because I missed a lot of shows I wanted to see. Um, on uh, Showtime, there's a show called Billionaires um, that I, yeah. I really enjoy as well. I think that one is not getting the credit it deserves. It's definitely unique taste, great acting. Yeah. Um, that, you know, those are the, really the three shows I'm really kind of really enjoying right now. Would yeah. you would you like to expand maybe some of the podcast stuff into something like a, a TV genre? A hundred percent. And yeah, I think that our I think we're set up for that. I think a lot of the shows, the way we're scripted and the storytelling is great for TV, great for movies. Um, that You know, that's a dream <laughs> of mine. <laughs> Um, in many ways, I am actually, believe it or not, a huge TV fan and a huge movie fan. I know I had issues listing some some TV shows just because I've been working so much, but uh, I love it. I think that, you know, growing up in L.A., it's kind of in your face. It's yeah. just what you, it's like, you know, what, you're not in the entertainment industry. Um, so but yeah, I think that's I think it's very possible. And um, I'm excited for that opportunity. More and more podcasts are being picked up, as, as I'm sure, you know, for TV shows or movies. Yeah. And um who knows what the future holds, but, but <laughs> it's definitely something we're open to. And uh, last question, if you could be involved with any TV show, past, present or future, what would it be? Game of Thrones, no question. I mean, that show, <laughs> the twist on that show, I, I, I haven't read the books. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I Yes, of course. <laughs> it, it's Isn't it just a, it's, it's unbelievable. The creativity, one, the creativity that goes into coming up with this Two, the fact that the way it's written, I mean, the, oh, it's just, it's such a great show. It keeps me on my seat because they, they have that fact that you don't know who's going to yeah. live. You know, they, they killed so many main characters off that, you know, everybody is potentially in danger and it's yeah. just, yeah. And the fantasy world. I've always kind of loved that, that fantasy world. I've been, you know, growing, I love Lord of the Rings growing up and it's, it's similar in many, in many ways. It's just, it's a great show. I'd be so honored to work on that show. I'm not even, as you can tell, I'm getting excited <laughs> about it right now. Um, I, the fact we have to wait 10 months or almost a year now, I think it's coming out in next, in the summer, they pushed yeah, it back yeah. and it's, it's only seven, seven episodes. Seven yeah, episodes. Yeah. They're killing me. I know HBO I'm, is really, it's devastating. It, I'm, it's I'm just, kind of hoping they're going to be longer episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was hoping too. Yeah. I was hoping so, it's gonna be like a, you know, 90 minutes or something, but, yeah. um, so yeah, it's, it's great. And then I was on Twitter yesterday and I saw, um, that the talent started getting the, got the scripts for next season already. And they're like more or less teasing yeah, it. Yeah. And you know, yeah, it's it's just, Macy, Macy Williams was, was teasing quite a lot about that. I seem to remember. Yeah. Yes. Macy Williams. Yeah, she was, she was the one at, yeah, she, uh, you know, oh my God, you know, you're not going to be ready for it. <laughs> I'm not ready for it before these tweets. You know, why are you putting stall? <laughs> um, it's just great. I think that, I think HBO is a great company, obviously, but, but I think that the writers, the creators, I think uh, George R. R. Martin obviously is a, is a really a genius and it's just, it's so interesting. And I've, I've reached the point now where it's, do I go back and read the books or do I wait? Because I know they've different, uh, if you've read, I know from yeah. book readers that it's so different. But I, I, it's, it's this is really these are this is what this is what I really stress about out there is what do I do about Game of Thrones? As you can tell. <laughs> I, I think what you do is you wait until the TV series is finished. Then George might have finally finished his next book, and and yeah. then you can kind of go back to the books and, and read through and see how the differences are. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully he finishes. Right, you never know. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's definitely. I think it'll be just such an honor to work on that show, just because one, it's. It, you learn a lot too from someone who's in this kind of creative mindset. You, you learn so much from that show because they really set up 
it's just such a brilliant, brilliant show. There's no, there's no, yeah. it's, it's funny. The amount of actors that I talk to that are like, no, I, I'd just be on there to be killed off in the same episode. I'd be perfectly happy. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, yeah. I, was, I don't want to do any spoilers for people, but yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. it's a great show. Definitely. That, that'd be the show. How yeah. about you? What's your show? Um, yeah, well, Game of Game of Thrones, I think, would be would be quite awesome. Um, I, but for me, you see, I love the DC superhero shows, and and that speaks to the inner geek in me. I think. Well, what did you think of uh, Suicide Squad? Yeah, okay. It, it, Suicide Squad. We talked quite a lot about this on the last podcast, actually. But these um, Suicide Squad. There is a movie in there that could be brilliant. Um, it's just been edited to death. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, um, they went. They went back and had to re- shoot a lot of things. And yeah, y- yeah. And and you've got those like weird vignette things at the start, which sort of don't properly connect into the main story. The, the overall arching main story is kind of a bit humdrum. It's not really anything out of the ordinary, particularly, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of guys going to save a girl. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's, but, it's well acted and there's some great little pieces in there and it looks lovely. It's a Zack Snyder problem. That's what it is. I mean, I know right. it's not, I know it's not the Zack's movie, but it, it's, it, it smells of Zack having his hands on it. Cause that tends to be Zack's problem is he can create amazing looking films that, that uh, don't have that much substance to them. You That's, know? No, it's a, it's a great, it's a great point. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree exactly with what you said. So yeah. Uh, no, so I'm I'm looking forward. Wonder Woman looks good, but you know the others have looked good and they've not been as great as you'd hoped. So I don't know, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to Ben Affleck taking over and doing you know Batman and that sort of stuff. I think it's a great future. I think uh, Ben's extremely talented. He's yeah. proven track record, so it should be interesting. Yeah, it should be really good. So anyway. Um, Thanks for coming on and, and chatting, Max. It's been lovely to talk to you. Um, and uh, where can they get the podcast if they if they want to go and get the podcast? Yeah, so you can go to your, uh, your favorite podcast directory, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or you can go to uh, our website, parcast.com. That is P-A-R-C-A-S-T.com and listen to all of our shows there. And, and reach out on Facebook or Twitter. And um and thank you so much, Dave, for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Great. Have a great Cheers. rest of your day. And you. Yep. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Max. Hope you enjoyed that. Here are some air dates. Air dates this week. We have Cancellations, uh, Hand of God. It's an Amazon show. Got two seasons and uh, is no more. It's been cancelled by Amazon. Uh, and on the renewals front, we have X Factor renewed for two more seasons. I'm sure oh, you're dear. overjoyed about that. <laughs> Nothing needs to be said on that. <laughs> Changes we have The Fall, which uh, third season of that starts on the 29th of September at 9 pm. I kind of watched the first season of that and then dropped away from it. So I, I need to go back and watch it. I think it's kicking around on, on Netflix. It's a good show. And then we've got Westworld which is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 4th of October at 9pm. I've seen a bit. I mean, it's Anthony Hopkins, so yeah. you know it's going, to have, it's going to have talent involved. Yeah, it looks fantastic. A lot of people are, are touting it as being the show that will probably take over from Game of Thrones as being the biggest show on their network. 
So, because it's an HBO show. Yeah, I think that's still a bold claim, but we, we will have to see. I mean, it's got an incredible amount talent sort of involved in making it so i'm looking forward to that yeah yeah looks good gangland undercover season two which is a drama based on the former government informant charles falco's account of events which took place between 2003 and 2006 where he infiltrated the notorious biker gang uh, that comes back on the 11th of october at 10 p.m Z Nation season three of that comes back on the 11th of october at 10 p.m as well that's on pick tv the Exorcist, we now have an air date for that on the, on Sci-Fi UK. That's coming on the 19th of October at 9pm. I don't know, you, do you do horror? I'm not a huge horror person, to be honest. Not amazingly, and I think horror in TV format is incredibly hard to do well. Yeah, yeah. It's, I do still think the Sci-Fi channel is a slightly odd place for that. But, you know, they bought it and they're airing it and they're airing it fairly close to the US. So, you know, shouldn't really complain. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that works, because a lot of these things, a lot of horrors aren't things you can drag out, aren't really things you can put filler in, aren't really things that you can extend beyond their story. Timing and pacing is so important to horror. Yeah. But I always wonder exactly how they're going to make that work with the TV series. Yes. Um, with the restrictions put on them about length of episodes and number of episodes and so forth. Mm. So uh, it, it could work really well, but I'm yeah not really holding my breath on that one. No, no. I, I think it could be really good, but run out of steam very quickly. Yeah, something that would have probably been a very good sort of six episode yeah. series. Yeah, possibly. Um, so there's that. There's uh, Aftermath, which is a new sci-fi drama about a family trying to cope with as the world ends around them. It's actually a sci-fi original drama, but uh, it's airing on Five Star over here. That's coming at some point in October. But we don't have an exact date. Blind Spot season two that returns to Sky Living on the 17th of November at 9 p.m. And the Grand Tour finally has a air date worldwide i i i assume uh 18th of november that's coming to amazon prime uh so that will see the return of clocks and hammond and may to their top gear not top gear show <laughs> yeah top gear honestly don't mention that name but it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of is really uh so for legal, yes, reasons, for, for legal reasons it's not top gear it's not yeah. gear <laughs> um Next week on TV, we have uh, season two, Lucifer starts back up, which uh, sees the arrival of Lucifer's mother. Uh, So that starts the 20th of September. That's on Amazon Prime in the UK. We've got uh, Paranoid, which is a sort of dark, twisty murder mystery thing on ITV. That starts on the 22nd at 9pm. League of Their Own returns on Sky One. That's on 22nd at 9pm as well. Season 2 of Hunted starts on 22nd of September on Channel 4. I saw some of the first season of that. That was quite good. It's where a group of people try to uh, go live off the grid and then get chased down by um, sort of ex-FBI and like police people try to hunt them down. Yeah, I saw some bits of things, but they always just... They seem to very much want to contact people and want to do things that would obviously get them caught. <laughs> yes, yeah. And if I was going to do that, I would just go somewhere exceedingly remote and not have any electrical devices on me and stay put. Yeah. It, I, just wait <laughs> it out for a few months. That, I, yeah. I know, that's, it's I, not I feel like that. They, they're very, you know, for people that have chosen to go on something where you can't contact people and you can't do things, they very much seem to just want to do the things they shouldn't. And I yeah. found that a bit frustrating because all they had to do is go and sit and have a little holiday somewhere. Yeah, yeah. 
it's ridiculous. I mean, there was one guy that, that went off to Scotland and I can't remember exactly what happened with him, but you kind of think, well, at least he had the right idea, but, I, you know, going to go to Scotland, hide somewhere in the middle of nowhere. But anyway, yes, uh, it's, so I, I did quite enjoy the first season of that. So look forward to that coming back. As I mentioned, Red Dwarf, the first episode is actually up on demand right now, but the it actually starts airing weekly on the 22nd of September at 9pm. Uh, that's on Dave. Second half of the terrible rush hour <laughs> show uh, which is the they're conversion just airing it because they've already paid for it yes uh second half of that comes to e4 on the 23rd of september at 9 p.m bob burgers returns for its sixth season on comedy central that's on 23rd of september at 9 p.m and finally once upon a time season six of that comes to netflix on the 26th of september and that sees i think they've got aladdin and Jafar coming this season and a number of other new characters. Um, I need to catch up. I'm still about halfway through season five at the moment. I haven't quite got around to watching the end of it, so I need to catch up with the rest of that. I uh, just feel like it's gone beyond the number of episodes it really should have. Yeah. It's exceedingly beautiful. That's yes. generally what I think. The, the costume designs and things are very, very beautiful, but I do feel like they are holding up the overall plot Yes, so they can make more episodes, which I think gets a little bit frustrating to watch, but... It is thoroughly beautiful in all its designs and things, and it's a great fodder for cosplayers to, to find <laughs> new things to make. So there's been a lot of incredible costumes at Comic-Cons because of that series. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. So, um, so you know, if nothing else, it's helped the cosplay community, which is good. <laughs> so um, that's everything for this week. Where can they find you during the week, Bex, if they want to go and look you up yeah, my name is Bex Trister and I can be find, found on Facebook Twitter Instagram and the YouTubes as Trista Bites uh, spelled T-R-I-S-T-A-B-Y-T-E-S um, assuming I can spell my own name <laughs> uh, I think I spelled that right I, I can be found quite easily under the same name and everything um, and I've got some footage up from the ginormous arcade with over 200 uh retro machines all restored that I went up to and uh, cool. near Manchester um, and that was that was great fun and uh, yeah generally potting around on the YouTubes complaining about things <laughs> professional complaining I think that's what we call reviewer isn't it yeah yes professional professional complaining definitely yeah. as for us if you want to visit the website during the week you can see all the latest air date info and news that's on geek10.co.uk you can get in touch with us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can find us on twitter at geektown on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.